0: Flash forward 70 years and join psychotherapists and best-selling authors, Tom Rutledge and Dr. Alan Berger, who have taken up the mantle of exploring Bill Wilson's new frontier. Welcome to Emotional
1: Sobriety. Welcome to Emotional Sobriety, the podcast. I'm Tom Rutledge, and with me is uh, Dr. Alan Berger, Uh, my, you know, you, I, I, you are my partner. We've become part. We we were working together before, but we've become partners since COVID. We, we are really yeah. our 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 improved yeah. relationship. Our in in then uh, I don't mean improved qualitatively necessarily, although that's probably true too. But it's, it's like we we are really a good example of people who who have taken a bad situation and found some some blessings in it. Yeah, so true, Tom. Is our relationship is deepened and and,
2: and and expanded and and as much, you know, I consider you a close friend now. Me too. You know, yeah. or I didn't know what the hell to call you. <laughs> no, I was
3: I was just I was just I coming to your, your,
2: just your evolution causing trouble. trouble. Yeah. It's the show magic tricks causing trouble.
1: I'm still all that. I still am you're that, all I that, say. but now you're now you're from a much
2: closer position.
1: And and because and, and because of that, Patrick, I have you in my life and I would not have had that b- before. It's a that's you also you are a blessing to me, yeah.
0: Uh, You're both blessings to me. And I thought I'd ask you guys since you brought it up. Any conclusions you guys have come to now that we're, you know, I mean, what is this year two, year three? I mean, all time seems to have uh, taken on a strange dimension at this point. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, what would you say are the most profound lessons at this point about our capacity to adapt and uh, to make uh, gold out of crap?
1: well I, I i think it's that we, it, it's that we all need to pay close attention to the fact that we absolutely can't do that it's that that, that this is in this this is not unique to and it's not unique to huge worldwide crises is it's like, yeah, we've all, we, you know, this is one of the great, great adventures of this has been that we've shared this together. But the other thing is if we're doing what we talk about with emotional sobriety and applying this in the day to day, it's like the exact same principle, you know, I was writing about this this morning. It's, it's like, it, you know, it always comes down to daily practice. And, and the idea is we translate this and it's not, You know, it's just it really there's some things that, you know, simple, not easy. But it's this simple. It's not what happens. It's what you do with it. It's how you respond to it. Yeah.
2: And listen, we're not And when you say that, Tom, I I know that doesn't mean that it's not stressful at times, that it's that uh, people are getting burned out with this and, and being able to, you know, to make all of these adaptations and people long for. The days, you know, I, I remember that movie Soylent Green. I don't know if you ever saw it. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's I know. <laughs> <laughs> that, that extended arm. You know, it's like oh uh, my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there's a spinoff on that with the uh, this that train movie. What's it called now? The uh, oh god, it's really good too. It was. Um, It'll come to me before we get off, Mm -hmm. but no, but look, it's, it's this thing. Everybody, you know, all the people looking in the future saw us, you know, having these crises around, let's say the, the poor air quality or, you know, lack of resources and all those other things. And, you know, who would have thunk it that we're like back in the middle ages with the plague. Right. (laughs) I mean, that, that this is, it's really you know a great threat to us are these viruses right mm-hmm. you know that that are out there and and dealing with them and see that's the other so, so much psychology comes into this yep you know it really does doesn't it in terms of there's still people because of misinformation and our inclination to to pick up certain ideas that that seem to appeal to us emotionally are are thinking that this still was a hoax that was made up, Mm -hmm. right? That there's no reality to it. There's no such thing as COVID
1: right no, or it, but, but the other thing is you said dealing with it it's like the other piece is about this i mean the yeah we can you know this what i really I, one of the things i think is fascinating about what we do is is you know what we do you and i talk about this quite a lot It's it's like what we do with an individual client you know we could we can take those same concepts those same process concepts and go all the way out to, to, to okay. you know, global, global communication. And, and, they, and they all still apply. It's like the, the truth. And right. this goes back to what we were talking about, about what the, what the lesson is and all this stuff It's it's how we respond. Well, as human beings, as a whole, we respond horribly, you know, we, you know, we, we, and, and not just in one particular way, but in lots of different ways, it, it's like the lesson, if we could do, you know, if we could figure this out in terms of learning how to respond to, to crises You know, as as a as a population, as a worldwide population, you know, you know, but even that scares some people because then they go, oh, you're talking about, you know, a world government that's going to control us all. It's like, you know, it's 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 yeah, so much. I believe I believe the clinical term for it is clusterfuck.
2: Yeah. Well, and listen, listen, it just it really gets to this side of us where we're so suspicious of other yeah. people's motives and and you know and that those people with power are going to manipulate us and and look i think like you know that a lot of this stuff first of all is a projection you yep. know that sure people don't sure. deal with their own abuses the way that they abuse power so they project it into the the government or they project it into a mm-hmm. a lover or a friend or a partner and stuff you know we know that that this that projection is a very powerful dynamic in fact it was so interesting i was talking about holding on to ourselves. So that's, we're kind of following that discussion. And I did a workshop with Herb yesterday, and we were talking about optimal living and emotional sobriety. And, and then we did first time ever an extended question and answer over two hours. And so a lot of people come in with personal anecdotes, right? Well, how do I do, how do I deal with this situation? Yeah. 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 So this 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 young lady says, God, you know, I've really been working such a great program and everything is I got eight years now and I really feel good about the kind of person I'm becoming. And I'm in this really, really great relationship, except for. He keeps complaining about things. He complains about how this one guy is driving on the road or how somebody treated him at work and stuff like that. And I just I just can't stand it. I just can't stand all of his complaining. What do I do now? Of (laughs) course, the 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 first response a lot of people have is they want to externalize it. Right. And say, well, you know, if you told him that you don't want to listen to it, and how much can you endure it? Is this the right relationship for you then? You know, if he's complaining all the time, as though we're going to find someone that we're going to have this perfect fit with and everything, there's going to be just, you know,
1: wonderful, wonderful relationship for the rest of our life where we're not going to have any conflict. <laughs> as, as, and, as opposed to saying to this woman, woman. Uh, so is that is that the extent of your complaint?
2: Yeah, well, that's one thing is if that's what you're complaining about. <laughs> but well, but, you know it's a compl- her, but it, that it is what I, a complaint. If she's it, complaining. What I, Well, look at she's doing the same thing that he's doing, by the way. Yeah, that's what I'm she saying. Was, you, see that, you got yeah. it. I mean, yeah. She's, yeah. So, but yeah. that's what I pointed out to her. I said, was there ever a point in your life where you behaved just like he did, where you were looking outside yeah. yourself and you were blaming everybody in the world for your problems? That if people would just behave the way they're supposed to, I would be okay. She says, of course. And I said, and how do you feel about that part of you that was behaving that way and felt that way? Well, I don't like it. I said, I could have told you that. I said, it's because you haven't made friends with that part of you that you're projecting it onto your, onto your boyfriend. And you can't stand him because you haven't come to peace with that part of yourself. You see, it, it, until I face my own demons, there's going to be a tendency to project them onto other people. Yeah. yeah. If I don't see how unreasonable I am. I'm going to think Patrick's so unreasonable all the time, mm-hmm. or Tom is unreasonable, or Jess, my wife, is unreasonable, or whomever is going to be in the sights of that projection.
1: Right. That's Seems what like you've given that we some do. thought. It's like, never mind. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Patrick's going, oh shit. Uh, <laughs> <am I angry? laughs> I no, but what but also <laughs> I want to say what you did with that? Because you know, you know, we're fans of que- questions, are such powerful tools. It's like one question: have as was there ever a time when you were like this? It's like you know, there's more conversation that you had, obviously, that with her. But but it's like that one question does this thing that we've been talking to people about that is so key to emotional sobriety is that is take the take the the interpersonal and bring it bring it in and understand the version of it that is intrapersonal. It's like right it's, it's not that you're not going to deal with the interpersonal, but you have to do this in the right order. You have inside out. You know, if you think about yep. growth, growth, yep. think about a seed, a growth, a growth does not happen from the outside in, you know, the right. ripple effect. If you drop a pebble in a, in a, in a, in a pond, it's like the, what would happen if you drop the pebble and you saw the ripples coming from the outside, that doesn't happen. It emanates from inside. And that's what we're, that, and that's what you did with this. This one, I want to hear more, but it's, it's like what I, with that one question, that's what I love about the precision of your work is the idea that you, you find that you find, and there's more, it's not. And by the way, for people listening, it's, doesn't mean oh well, that's just the perfect right question it's just no that's a good question it's a question that helps direct somebody's attention and a not it's not like oh you're wrong about how you're doing it it's just like i think i have a better way that's more effective yeah. and you asked that question and, and immediately I mean, right. you and, said, and of she course said, and, 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 she knew immediately i love yeah,
2: her like, response of course to get it. she started yeah. to get it especially when i said the second part was do you like that part of you Yeah. She's no. (laughs) I mean, it was and there was no apology for it It was. No, I don't like that part of me. I never did. But see, that becomes the issue. Now, if it was a therapy session, it Mm would have I would have gone beyond that. Mm -hmm. Then what we you know, what we often do is then take that part and externalize it, externalize the conflict, Mm -hmm. have her talk to it, have her have the dialogue, have her now deal with that part of her. And then if she, cause it can't just be an intellectual exercise. I mean, that helped her. She was very, yeah
1: she was well, but this, after right it. well, but this right. is this is this is how awareness what the way i put it is you know and I, I was telling this to a client uh just last last week you know you know what happens you come into therapy and your awareness increases you know exponentially and that fucks yeah. everything up you know it's it's like it makes things it gets you know and, and she knew exactly what i was talking about but even you're right you have to you have to do more with it but even in just it's the coolest thing in the world that with that, that even in just a couple of of just showing somebody a little bit different perspective you know, it may, you know, we, you and I both know, we, I'm sure we both have many stories like this. I might have to, I might have to be you know, cross paths with that particular lesson multiple times before, right. but, but Every one of them counts is what I finally realized. It's, right. it's like everyone, every, you know, I went back and when I got sober and I was sober for, for a year or so, I went back and thanked, found as many people as I could who th- thanked everybody who had ever had the had the guts to stand up to me and tell me something honest about my drinking. Because because or about me just being irresponsible. It's like because I, I wanted them to know it's like, you know, I did nothing with it at the time. I was sure I was rude and I was bad or at least ignored you. But I want you to know, as I look back on this now, it took, you know, it, there was you chipped away at something. And and so that's one of the things I want people to know, you know, about, about even response with interpersonal stuff is like, just say something you don't have, you don't have to, you don't have to change. We don't have to change things in ourselves or in other people immediately, but we do, we we can't, because we can't control that, but we do influence each other and we influence each other by chipping away, by just asking questions, saying, saying our truth. That's right.
2: That's right. And, and, you know, some, and the kind of questions and, and, and listen to this, because what we're, we're not giving you a license to ask any questions because some questions really are statements. So we're not saying. Right. They're rhetorical. Absolutely. Yeah. They are. So those are not it's healthier mm-hmm. to make a statement than ask the question. You know, if Tom if Tom does something that I don't like and I said, why did you do that? Yeah, that's yeah. I'm not interested in why he did it. I'm trying to say to him, hey, I think you're
1: an idiot. You yeah. Know, and, if you, is, and, <laughs> and if you do ask me that, if you do ask me that, it, it should be it should be, you know, to actually want to know what I what why I did it. It's exactly. like And by the way, I'll just do my part on being being the class clown here for a moment and just say one of the fun things to do is, is to answer people's rhetorical questions. You know, why are you such an idiot? You know, that's something I've given a lot of thought to, you know, and it's like <laughs> I. I, I <laughs>
3: I well, think it that began- is
2: disarming. You're listening. <laughs> you, you know, you're talking about that's That is a way to hold on to yourself. You know, if someone if yeah. someone is upset yeah. with you about something, it's like, why are you doing that? Say, God, mm-hmm. I wonder, too. You know, it's like <laughs> I wonder about that myself. See, so that's disarming. There is no yeah. question that that can be very helpful in the heat of a battle. No question. Well, it's it also can, what we do. do
1: It's also what we do in therapy a lot of times is we take those, you know, I mean, we take those rhetorical questions and turn them into actual questions. They're good questions. You know why? I mean, I use the example all the time of like, why am I such an idiot? You go like, well, that's an insult, isn't it? And go like, well, but you know what? If, if you know, if I if I use it as a problem solving t- tool, and so I say, let's change the question to, what's something I could do today to be a little bit less of an idiot? Okay, that I mean that doesn't even push me too far. There's some humor in that, but there's some real truth to it. It's like I, I I'm not trying to I'm not trying to to talk myself out of a negative belief about myself all at once, but I am what I am trying to do is exactly what we're talking about at the outset about about what the what the what lessons we get from COVID, which is it's that you can do something. Yes. We're not helpless. That's right. That's exactly true.
0: I was telling you once, Alan, that uh, to push back against my feelings of helplessness uh, on a particularly bad COVID day, I just finally filled out the survey at Walgreens for how I liked my customer experience, which is (laughs) probably going into the ether of (laughs) nobody's ever going to see this thing. But I really did appreciate the kindness with which this essential worker treated me uh, during, a you know, a tense day. And I don't know. I mean, I'll, you know, I'll read, I, I've got a lot of friends that are writers. I I'll it. read the writing that I've got on, in my queue. And, uh, mm-hmm. it's usually or I'll like, I don't know, make a sandwich. It's always very, I don't <laughs> really even know what to do with myself a lot mm-hmm. of the times, but, uh, there's a lot of little footholds I can take, uh, yep. actions, you know, right. To,
2: no question. It's either those, either all of that is speaking to this issue of holding on to yourself. Just let me yes. return to this this thing about really asking a question to know. Yes. See, that is good form in a relationship, is when you really, and this is going to go to our holding on to ourselves more. So, so let me tie it into that by first kind of stepping back a minute and saying there's two things that are incredibly important to do as we're trying to achieve emotional sobriety. One, we talk about this a lot. It's self-differentiation, self-maturity, self-evolution. So the what we're striving for in order to have emotional sobriety is to have a solid, clear, and flexible sense of who we are. Mm-hmm. A yeah. solid, I, I'm I'm I am I, I'm Popeye the mm-hmm. Sailor Man, mm-hmm. right? I know who I am, I know my values, I know what's important to me. None of that is poured in concrete. I can change my opinion or change my values if some new information comes in that makes more sense for me. Mm -hmm. So I am still very adaptive and willing, right, to grow and change along certain lines that make sense. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Being clear. I know my values. I try to operate with as much congruence, right, which is much harmony to who I am, because I know when I'm in a state of disharmony, I'm out of integrity. So I really strive to try to keep all that together. That's self differentiation,
1: what we just talked about. Well, so let me if, emphasize if, one little piece of that, though, because I think what you said is so important. Is that you and I've hear, heard you make this point so many times. Is the idea that what you, congruence is how we establish congruence is integrity to me, and it's like the idea is you want to be sure, but you can't do the, what you're describing unless you know you know quite you don't have to know everything because we never know everything but you have to know who you are so that you otherwise what we're doing and without thinking about it unconsciously is we're trying to be congruent to some other value system some generalized value system or somebody else's value system it's like the 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 the, the part the part that sometimes is most difficult for people especially people uh, who have been really mean to themselves uh, historically is to value yourself enough to to get in there and really know who you are and know that it matters that's, that's a lot Lot of work, but it's like it's. But, but, but when you do that, what you're saying is that I mean, that is a position of emotional sobriety.
2: That's right. That is. So so let's use give an example of holding on to yourself with okay knowing yourself. So mm-hmm. you know, let's say that I did something and I make a mistake. You know, and let's say my wife says, "God, my God, how could you make a mistake? That was stupid." Well, if I don't know that I'm stupid. I'm going to try to defend myself. Right. Because now I can't have anybody think I'm stupid because then I think they're not going to like me. Right. So by knowing that, I, you're going
1: to launch the ridiculous defense that you're not stupid. (laughs) Right. I mean, I, I, today I've accepted how stupid I can be at times, man. I do
2: smart as I can be. I can be that stupid. So now that I accept that, I don't have to defend it. See, one of the things that happens when you get to this level you are less defensive in that's, relationships.
1: You don't real.
2: have to defend an ego or pride because you don't have, because it's not based on some idea of who you're supposed to be. Right. Oh, that, so that's, so it's, that's it's so freeing, right? It's so yes. freeing oh. to just say, you know, God, that was stupid. Now I know based on a lot of work I've had to do with myself, that just because i make mistakes it doesn't make me a mistake and right. see that that generalization or globalization that we do oftentimes because of our absolute thinking becomes devastating fills right. me with shame before when i would identify with my mistakes as though i should never make a mistake
1: right but let's also add, let's add this in, though, because the other thing about that is, if, if so, if in my case, it would be my wife tell, telling me that I'm stupid. It, it, it The other part of holding on to myself is that, I mean, it is really nice if the truth is I understand the truth is I can get past, don't have to have the defensiveness to know, oh, I was stupid. So. I don't even have to agree with her. I do not have to think that I do not have if you ask me if if, if you hit the pause button and said, do you think this was stupid on your part? Go like, no, I actually don't. But I understand that she does. And I understand what her frustration is. And it's like that's part of that freedom, too, is the idea that that, that, that I don't just because just because I disagree, I do not. It's such a powerful this is I mean, people listen to this one because this is this one keeps I mean, they it just it'll keep coming up. All for. I think it's universal is the idea that that, you know, I, I each person I'm in any kind of conflict with or each person I'm close to has to understand me in, in great detail. It's like, no, they don't. Yeah, that's they another, do not. That's God, another one wife, of those personal rules. Right. right there, I want another, my wife to love yeah. me. I appreciate the fact that she loves me. I do not need her to understand me. No,
2: no. I just thought of another one of those great responses then mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to that thing about my God, you know, I don't have to agree with their thinking I'm stupid. Response would be, God, you know, I, I see what you're saying that for you, it looks stupid. But from my side, There is so much great thought that goes into my stupidity. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a work of art, really. It's it's a work (laughs) of art for me. I didn't just hatch that egg. Trust me. I've been been laboring over this thing. And it takes, trust me, to be that stupid takes a lot of intelligence. And by the way, (laughs) thank you for noticing. (laughs) <laughs> but see, we can play with this stuff. See, please listen to the fun we're having with it because we don't need to make everything heavy. Does it right? So we can be defenseless. We don't, or, or undefended might be the better way to say it. Right. That, we're not it defenseless or undefended. Right. We're yeah. just undefended yeah. in a relationship and we don't have to defend anything because we don't need, see, that's the other great thing about emotional mm. sobriety. Mm. You get to a place in your maturity, you don't have to prove that you're a good guy and you don't have to prove that you're not a bad guy. Both of those things become irrelevant. They're irrelevant. It's not that I'm good or bad. I just am. I am what I am. I'm by the sailor man. That's wow. See,
1: thing. that's, 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 that goes to that thing. I was, I read it, I read that I had written the day of the last Thursday group about the, the living defensively, because you're trying to hold on to these certain ways of seeing yourself. Now you may think of it in somebody else's eyes, but, but you're, you're spending just yeah. enormous amount of yeah. energy or, or I, you know, I was, and, 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 and I have done that. And the, the client I was talking to when we came up with this one was doing that, but it's like, it's, it, it, what it, what you also just said reminds me of what I what I would refer used to refer to as and I and I and I don't know I think women have their own they may have their own version of this and. I would leave it to them to explain it to us. But I know men have this white hat addiction. You know, we cannot, we have no tolerance. You know, we, I do now, you do now, Patrick, I hope you do too. It's like, it's very good to have tolerance to know that your, your, our hats are varying colors and varying shades of white and black and gray. But it, but the truth is there's a place where without knowing it, I look back at my history. It's like when I was being a complete ridiculous idiot and asshole, it's like, I still saw myself as the good guy because I was absolutely addicted to being the good guy. I had to be seen as the guy, the, 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 you know, the, 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 the you know, in my our, my our day was the emerging sensitive male. You know, I was the guy who understood things. I was a guy who was not the, the, the stereotypical male asshole, you know. So right, I was if, we, if we weren't
0: the if we weren't the good guy, what would that mean? Right. And the fear, yeah, it, mean, it, it
1: would mean yeah. it would mean all is lost. Yes, it's it's, a, it's one of those all or none. And our, and our fear, our fears. Don't you think, Alan? That our fears are like. Often in that form, in the, at least the neurotic fears that we have is 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 it's like if you know if if you know if if you lo- you know basically you lose I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job. Okay, why? Well, if I lose you, if you lose your job, well, I'm afraid my wife will leave me. Okay, well, okay, if your wife leaves you, what happens? Well, I'm afraid that I'll be out in the street. It's like well, if you're on the street, what's going to happen? Well, I'm going to relapse relapse into my addiction. Okay, you do, I'm going to die. So it's like four or five rungs down the ladder, you're dead. You know, so yeah, what we're different so different. no wonder we're so afraid of everything because it all that's, leads to just our destruction.
2: That's that catastrophic expectations, right? Is yes. We just run down that road and, and we I like to call it awfulizing. We just yes. awfulize yes. the hell out of things, man, and that's the like you said. Anxiety does that. Anxiety mm-hmm. is an awfulizing generator. <laughs> I mean, it really. Well, is.
1: And we and and what we do is try to help people. Uh, we've done it with ourselves, but we also help other people to track track that down to take it down there. So so that first of all, it does two things. One is it validates you. It's like no, you know, because a lot of times people will feel like they're um, I call it the illusion of overreaction. They'll they'll feel like. Why am I, why am I this scared of this thing? It's like, oh, well, I can show you, you know, and then you take them down that little process, that little progression of if this, then this, then this, and you go like, see your, your fear, your fear is not actually of getting in trouble at your job today. Your fear is of dying, you know, you know, and in, in the process you're going to lose your life, your, your livelihood and your wife and all this other stuff. It's, it's like, but when we, so that's part of compassion. Oh, No wonder there's no such thing when when we buy into that awfulizing guy in your head, like you, like you talk about is like, there's no middle ground. There's, there's there's not a little, there's not a little fear. A little fear is a good fear. It's like, it'll it'll guide us. You know, it's like, it's like everything is terrifying. In in every case, just
2: being um, emotionally upset, anxious, depressed, involves the kind of thinking that Tom is just describing. It's over generalizing. yes, right It's globalizing over generalizing, right We go from I'm not a mis-, you know to I make a mistake to I'm a mistake mm-hmm. go from this I'm having trouble right now to I'm stupid. see mm-hmm. it's always that leap up to that higher, abstraction, that absolute nature, right? So we don't think in terms of this continuum and put things on on, on a gradient, right? We don't mm-hmm. think that way. When we're, when we're undifferentiated, our right. thinking will be very, very absolute or black and white. Right. And look, that becomes, you know, a whole psychotherapy system was based on that. Albert Ellis, mm-hmm. rationally Emotive mm-hmm. therapy. Yeah. He looked at all the, the the cognitive errors that a person was making and he would slam them. I mean, he was great. At challenging.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was great <laughs> at challenging people with that stuff. Did that work? Look, Did that work? All, what we're talking about. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh no, I mean, smashing people's cognitive uh, dissonance. I mean, because well, if, if you out, tell somebody yeah. they're being irrational, I mean, I, they don't stop being. Well, irrational. He wouldn't.
2: He wouldn't tell them they're being irrational. He would just point out how absurd they were. Is what well, he would it, do. Here's <laughs> what,
1: well, this this is a fun part though. But the answer to your question: Would it work? It's like. First, first question, first answer is yes, it works if you're Albert Ellis. It's like now I, I can I can tell you for you know because that's one of the things we have to learn in our education process is when I was trying to be Albert Ellis when I was emulating that's part of how we learned. Right? I was trying to emulate Albert Ellis you know my personality it's like yeah. so I tried on Al- Albert Ellis that didn't, that's not no it didn't work for me it just I sure mean it not. was it made everybody uncomfortable. But but it's yeah. like, you know, it's it's but but he's yeah it's a lot of times those guys didn't didn't actually factor in and, and even talk about a lot of times about, about their own personality of how, right. you know, I mean, how many you've you've gotten this feedback. I, I know you have. I, I've i gotten it a lot. of people will, will who work with me sometimes will say, like, you get away with saying some shit that other people wouldn't get away with. You know and usually it's about making fun of people and making jokes and stuff like that and, and it's like in but and i'm doing it with with in good-hearted fun you know i always yes. tell my clients it's like i will never shame you and they get that uh, i will always make fun of you it's like it's like and that's playful and it's like and yes. no if you if you're if you're I always tell people you know I've, you've heard me say that in our in our training workshops it's like you know if you find your own find your own way because you know if you're if you're not goofy you you don't need to do therapy like me, you know. If 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 you're you know if you're if you're if you're if you're not smart and don't don't line those don't, don't, not in your and the Allen Berger form of what I call think of smart is 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 able to to make basically put these puzzles together in rapid fire you know succession. It's like don't try to do it that way. Do it do it another way. Do it your way. Yeah. do it your yeah. I love that about
2: you, by the way. I think that that's to me just a, 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 a gift that, that that when we do trainings together that you really give people is really, and, and we even say that in, in the, mm-hmm. the description we had to it, we're mm-hmm. here to help you find your path as your the therapist. I know. And, and, and I love that because we really do that is then we're mm-hmm. open that, you know, we don't have a way, we have our way and mm-hmm. we can help you find your way but there's no the way. <laughs> I mean, there's right, no right. The way. There's no right. the way. It's, it's There's right. a lot of different paths. But let, let's go back now. So what I've been describing up to this point is self-differentiation. And this okay. is very important, holding on to yourself, is that I have a sense of who I am. So then if, if somebody says something that's important, that someone that's important to me says something, what they're saying is something that, let's say, you know, like I gave an example before, they're critical of me in some way. If I'm holding on to myself, that's not defining me. See, I am not defined by the limited perceptions that other people have of me, Mm -hmm. you know? and, And Jess helped me with this one thing too, is that, you know, I had this situation, a professional situation with some people I was doing some consulting with, and they decided to stop our relationship for various reasons. And um, Jess said, you know, Alan, you know who you are and you have all this information about who you are and how you've lived your life and dealt with your mistakes. They don't have that. They don't see all that, you know, so they're basing it on their limited perceptions of you. And that that thought was very helpful in terms of now now doing the second thing I want to talk about differentiating ourselves from others. So differentiation involves self-differentiation, what we just talked about, having a clear sense of who you are, being solid in who you are, being adaptive, flexible, all these things that Tom and I were just you know, talking about. The other side of this is the other differentiation, is that is having the ability to see people as they are, not as we project Onto them uh, that we need yes. them to be, so this becomes such a critical part of this whole process: is to be able to now see the other person as they are, not as a projection of me. So, as so, what we say is this comes to not taking things personally. Other differentiation involves, and you know, in on, they call it Q-tip. Quit taking it personally. <laughs> Quit taking it personally. Q-tips. Keep Q-tips around. You need them all the time. Not just to clear the <laughs> wax out of your ear, but to clear the, the undifferentiation out of, out of your head. I mean, see, that's the way I think about it. So now if I step back and I stop taking it personally, I can ask the question. This is where the, the question becomes very important. Yeah. I can now make an inquiry into wow what does what happened just mean to that person that they are reacting the way they're reacting so I can now get to know who they are instead of seeing them as a
1: reflection of me it's perfect it's your what you're doing is 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 the way I love it and I've heard it said is is you're not using yourself as the standard of measure for everybody else that's right that's right. It's, it's like, and that's, and, and and if you think you don't do that, you're wrong. I mean, pay, pay, we we and we say like, I can't really believe. Whenever you say, I can't believe somebody did that, you go like, No. Well, all you're saying there is, I don't, I don't believe that in that situation I would have done that. It's like, it's it's like. So the the idea is what you're talking about is a very specific tool in not taking because it's, it's one thing to get the concept of not taking something personally, but I love the the practicality of that because what you're saying is, is no, I need to clear that out. So and what what what's going to be the you're also describing what's going to be the signs of progress. Well, the sign of progress is there's room for curiosity, which is something yeah. you talk about all the time. There's room for curiosity about now. I don't know, since I don't know how that person is seeing what they're seeing or what it looks like from their perspective, I can now become curious about it. That that's genuine empathy. Yeah, that's right. That's
2: right. And that's where that goes. Come that's great that you connected that because My job at having that inquiring mind and asking those questions, wow, what does it mean to them that they're reacting this way? I'm doing that to get to a point of being able to understand and have compassion for what their journey is, for what their issues and patterns and paths that they're taking in their life is. And, and. It's not about me. See, that's the big thing is that this whole thing, this differentiating ourselves, moves us away from a very, very self-centered consciousness, which says it's all about me. It's a consciousness that emphasizes our personal importance to a consciousness that lets go of that idea and now is fused with and infused with empathy. And with humility, realizing it's a low, which means there's a low focus on self. If I'm if right. I'm if I have some humility, I'm not making everything
1: about me. See, and, and that's that's perfect. I love this because because what you just said. I mean, this is just a this is a good tennis match because because it goes back or just tennis you volley. It's like because it comes over here and I go like okay because. I I can certainly remember times or imagine myself in a situation and, and no other people can do this is where I am, where I appear to have that curiosity about somebody else in a conversation. But it's still about me, because what I'm doing at that point is I'm still in debate mode. I'm not in, I'm not in receptive mode. I'm not in I'm not having a conversation to convey and to receive information. I'm in a conversation to win. And and so what I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to try genuine curiosity to learn more about what you're thinking, and I'm all the while I'm scanning for targets. I'm looking for ways I'm going to shoot down your your perspective. But it's right. it's like it's going to appear to be absolute genuine genuine curiosity and respect, but it's not. Now I'm not even saying there's not a place for that kind of conversation because in debate there really is. I mean that's we do that in in something that is formally a debate. It's like. But with the kind of conversation you're talking about, which is what emotional sobriety is, to move us into a place where, yeah, the the twist in the story is, oh, by the way, what's the twist? Oh, the twist is, this is not all about me. Yeah, that's right. Didn't see it coming.
2: (laughs) And that, that adding that to your consciousness, being able to get there, being able to... uh, have that aha moment that, oh my God, I'm taking this personal. What happens if I switch now and start to look at the other person as, and see that it's not about me, you know, this is telling me who they are, not who how they feel about me. If I can switch that, amazing things start to happen. It helps you get to the undefended position because you're not sitting there having to deal with your anxiety that they might not love you because of what they're saying. They're just struggling with their feelings and how they struggle with their feelings is how they struggle with their feelings. That's not something that, that they're doing because of you. They're doing that because of them. That's who they are. That's how they're coping with life. And when you take it personally, you lose sight of the other person completely. As soon as you take it personal. Okay, and in,
1: in the you book, cannot in, hold on you, to yourself. Okay, okay. Do 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 you use the term undefended in your book? I'm not so sure I did. Okay, okay. Because I just what I just got out of that was, uh, and we'll we'll put it in the book we're working on. It's like it's, uh, un, 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 you know, uh, undefended versus defenseless. You know, you 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 said you corrected yourself earlier when you said defenseless because that didn't work because that that brings a, I mean. D, d, we're talking about vulnerability, but the, the word defenseless brings about a connotation of, of, of vulnerability yeah. that seems very, very uh, dangerous and unnecessary. Undefended. Undefended, why are you, undefe- like, I love that. Undefended is, is not defenseless. It's just because that, I mean, if I'm undefended, you go like, well, where are your defenses? I go like, oh, they're, they're see, they're right over there in the corner. I got them in those boxes right there. I've re- I got them if I need them. Cause you know, the idea that we all, we all deserve to defend ourselves. We can be, de- we, you know, all defenses are not bad. It's how we, it, what we learn to do is apply them appropriately. And in these, the, the relationship stuff, when you're talking about differentiating yourself from other people, and I, and this is, and maybe I should have gotten this particular light bulb that's above my head right now before, but it's like, I, it's just for some reason, I'm just now getting that as I'm listening to you talk about this is, and it's, and it's wonderful. It's like, it's a relief. It's a breath. It's like, oh, I don't have to, I don't have, I don't have anything I need to defend. Yeah. And it really me be available to the relationship. Now I can just Nothing. be here with you in the relationship.
2: Nothing I need to do. I love that. We're just hanging
1: out, man. We're fine. That's right. And see, and then the relationships
2: become less scary because there's nothing at risk. You're not putting. See, see what happens a lot of times if if my sense of self is 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 not integrated, is not, you know, differentiated, then what happens is I'm so fragile. And now mm-hmm. I'm dependent mm-hmm. on you treating me a certain way for me to be okay. And right. see, now comes all the unenforceable rules. I have to generate all these rules on what, what, how you're supposed to, to talk to me, how you're supposed to behave with me, how you're supposed to think about me. If I show up, you can't be doing anything else. You must be thinking, sitting there saying, what do I need? So if you're not if you're not thinking about me all the time, I get offense. Like you don't love me. See, these are the crazy rules that we generate.
1: And, sets, and I, here, here, here what I wrote, yes, I wrote I wrote the in, so the interpersonal, the interpersonal, interpersonal has to comp has, has to I can't read my own handwriting. I just wrote it. Uh, has to compensate for our intrapersonal shortcomings. That's right. There, that's a, that's, exactly it's, it's, it, it, that's it. It will right. work, but it's we, like that's we, what we're doing. We impose
2: on the interpersonal these rules to make us feel okay, to make us feel safe, to make us feel loved, to make us feel
1: all the things that we're not we're not experiencing. And, and and so people always ask in definition of of emotional sobriety and it's and, and and it's not difficult because there's so there's just a lot of definition it's it's there's a lot that defines it but that's one that's a beautifully nutshell kind of, of definition is is that i am i am safe you know i am i i am i am safe and undefended and available and that's the emotional so, so sober person it's like and not only is that that I'm those people, and we know those people naturally. I mean, we've hopefully we become those people more and more as we move along in our own lives. But I've known people like that, that that are just naturally that way. What what do we what do we say about those people? Well, we say they're wise. And the other thing yeah. is, we love being in their company. It's right, like right, on. and they don't they don't even have to put words to it. We just like being around right. those people. Yep, because they're safe. So you know, what back to
2: this subject, right? Is that holding on to yourself is hopefully today. If, As you've listened to this podcast, you see that there's two areas to work on here. Self-differentiation, other differentiation. Self-differentiation helps you be clear about who you are, that you, you know, um, that get clear of your values, get clear of what's important to you. When you're self-differentiated, you live your life based on I want to or I don't. That's it's truly being an adult, <laughs> and when you're an adult, there's only two reasons to do something: because you want to or you don't. People don't get this, is they they, and then they they want to come back to me whenever I say this. They want to they want to debate it, Tom. Well, listen, I know, I know, you know, you're being impractical, Doctor Berger. You know, this is that that Ivy Tower stuff that you're living with about these ideas, and mm-hmm. a lot of us have to do a lot of things we don't want to do. And my response to that is, I feel sorry for you, because right? I don't. There's not a thing I do in my life that I don't yeah. want to do. He said, well, how the hell do you do that? I says, because if something, if I'm confronted with something, like a guy says, well, you got to go to work, don't you? I said, no, you don't have to go to work. If you want to get a paycheck and you got a job, go to work. <laughs> but don't turn it into, I don't want to Say, Oh well, a go I- 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 paycheck
1: only oh, that you're choosing no I, I i'll tell you an example we have we have we have quite a few followers and listeners who have eating disorders i use this a lot with people uh especially with people with restrictive eating disorders it's like like we'll say uh, uh and they, they they their biggest they're you know they're they're they live in absolute terror of gaining weight you know all that, that means to them and it's a terror it's a literal very terrifying thing it's uh um, but the idea is, you know, is if they're in a place where weight gain is going to be a part of the process, and we don't focus on the weight, but 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 you know, we do focus on fears. And so, if if that's the case, I'll say, well, you you know that you want to, you know, if I know somebody's committed to the recovery, I'll say, you know, you want to gain weight, and you know, and, and this is a little bit of a trick. I mean, she's she she goes no. You know i don't I go, I go like well do you want recovery and she says yeah and i said well tell me some more about recovery you want you know that, that, that. and it's like and that's involving more you have to eat a certain amount of food that, that kind of stuff and that's not you know there's a lot more to recovery than that but you have to do that and when you eat this is science when you eat you're going to gain some weight because you've been told by medical people and nutritionists that you're, you're basically your body's going to put on some weight well yeah it's like you want recovery it's like, th- therefore, you want you want to gain weight. It's like you know, it's just and and, and I just so, know that from people yeah. having conversations like that with me. It, it right. helps just to confuse me a little bit yeah. and make make me look at the complexities of that That's because right. that want thing is is no, you're making choices. I think I think Victor Frankl talks about this is uh, or oh no it's Carl Rogers. I was I was rereading on on becoming a person and he's talking about, about about you know the choices are about weighing out values. You know, it's like I want you know, yes, I don't want to go to work, but I do. But I do want to have I do want to feel to feed my family. So I want to go to work. It's like <laughs> I want to go to work.
2: So what I what I say is if you're confronted with and I don't want to wrestle with it, don't just respond to it automatically and do it and then resent it or or, you know, be bitter about it. See if you can chew it up and get to the I want to. The more you live based on to, I want to, I don't want to, the more
1: emotional sobriety you will have in your life. That is Alan, that by itself, that is beautiful. That, because I had this image, I just put this little story in my head when you said that. So, you know, I'm always thinking about the committee in the conference room inside my head. And, and so, so, so I'm the guy, you know, and I'm, I'm the guy who's in charge. I'm the one, you know, there's lots of me in there, but I make the, I make the choices. I make the decisions. It's, um, so a guy comes to one of my guys comes to the, to the office door and knocks on the door and says, I don't want to do something. You know, I don't want to do this. And so in my old days, I would have got up, you know, you've know, gone out and started a fight with him or barred the door, you know, blacked out the windows, all this other stuff. And right. instead I, when you, when, when i listened listening to you just then I, I let him, I just, it just happened naturally. I let him in. He came in and sat down. And I say, well, tell me about it. You know, it's like, is it, that, that's just good management. That's right. That's being a go. good boss. It's like, being it's like, boss. tell me about it. Let's go with that. And it's like, right. that just happened naturally when you said that. That's that's, 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 Alan right. that's what the.
2: It is we're getting to a place where we can bring these disharmonious aspects of ourselves into harmony so that they can become joint contributors. What you just did was made that part of you. a a collaborator,
1: right? Well, undefended. I I was not defended. I did not take up my defenses against myself. That's right. There you go. Right
2: on. So please listen to that. Please listen to that. So that's the Mm -hmm. self-differentiation. And that helps us hold on to ourselves. The other differentiation is working hard to remind yourself about this, this personal importance that we all carry with us that low focus on self is what humility is. And so when we start to take it personal, stop for a minute and say what if I start looking at this? If I change my the way I'm looking at what's going on is not about that they're telling me about what an idiot I am or how upset they are with mm-hmm. me, but if I understand this that this is how they're dealing with their feelings. This is about them, it's not about me. That's other differentiation. That's going to go a long way. To holding on to yourself. Yes. And okay. and look, and all this stuff that we're talking about is how to keep your emotional center of gravity over your two feet. The right. more you learn to do that, the less you have to, to modulate, regulate, and control other people.
1: Right. Because and much it's of it. Well, Right, and much of it is in. Don't, don't forget, we're talking about Alan's book, 12 Essential Insights for Emotional Sobriety." Much of it's in there, and 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 I'm sitting there taking notes because we're working on another book, and and uh, and whatever's not in there is going to be in the next one. So that's right. Uh, but that's but let, right. let me let me ask you let me ask you if I've got something right. I, I took I, I kind of was in class today with you, and I took some good notes. It's like self differentiation makes differentiating from others possible. Right on. True. Is that true? Okay. I'm going to say it again. Self-differentiation makes di- differentiation with others possible. In other words, yep. that's that's a that's a restatement of what we say all the time, the inside out. We have to go in here first. That's why going on Thursday night, going back through the 12 steps with the lens of emotional sobriety has been so, one of the reasons it's been so useful is because we look at that from a point of view of how how has my treating myself so badly internally had an impact on my relationships with other people?
0: Before we wrap up today, I wanted to uh, remind our audience that Valentine's Day is on the way, and uh, Tom has a piece of writing that uh, I think mm-hmm. would really benefit uh, those celebrating the holiday with a loved one.
1: Oh, thanks! Thanks for doing that, Patrick. It, it's uh, actually I have a book called I have a book called uh, What Love Is. It's um I usually have a copy of it right here somewhere. I don't know. If, I don't think we're on video, but if you are, there's the there's the there's the copy of a a picture of my young self. It's um, but the I, was, I love to tell the story real quickly of of how that book came to be because it really is a valentine. It's like a it's like a a, a valentine in a small uh, gift book. It's I was asked by some people who were putting together a a pack a, a a basket, a Valentine's packet for I think it was for Walmart or some big chain, and they they were and this was a musician here in Nashville, and then she had a CD with it, and there was a bunch of other little gifts in there that we're going to do, and they, and they had this man who was making writing this book for them to go with it, a little gift book, and and the guy kind of disappeared, He wasn't going to do it, so they asked me to, to to if I could if I could write it, and I said yeah I could do that, and so I I had been working on a book. Uh, for a while called Clues for the Clueless which Alan, you can imagine how much women, women had asked me to do that. And it really was specifically for, you know, idiot men. And, and, and I took that and I expanded into, into this so that I hopefully I think the, for, for women buying this for their, their husbands or boyfriend, I want you to know the clues are still in here. Yeah. Uh, and, um, but, um, but as, I, it turned out to be something I did off just off the cuff and in one of my favorite projects, actually, it's, it's a, um, I call it a coffee table book. Somebody said somebody said that that uh, her husband accidentally read it because she left it in the bathroom. So it's it's so a uh, uh, bathroom book, whatever. It's like uh, uh, so it's called What Love Is. And it's available at uh, Amazon. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's I think it makes a nice Valentine gift. So thanks. For, thank, thanks for um, I, that. I, thank I, I have
2: read that book and I would strongly encourage you to read it. Oh, it's you. it's very very good. It, it's it's Tom Rutledge at his best, giving you nutshells, mm-hmm. which are so valuable in terms of getting you to be reflective, contemplative, uh, even things to take into meditation. I yeah. mean, there's great, great, Thank great, you, well, book, it's, Man, it's, it's, I, it's,
1: it's also practical. It's practical. I think one of the things when, when the, when the ed- ed- editing was looking at it, they, they there's one line in the introduction that says it's one thing to say, you'll give your left, your, your, your right arm for somebody, but it's quite another to deliver. Now that, that was my favorite sentence. It still is the favorite sentence in the whole thing. And they said, we need to take that out. Cause that seems kind of violent. <laughs> it's like, I said, no, well, you know, I'm really good at being attitude, but I thought, no, no, we're not taking that line out because, because that's what people need to get about relationship is like, no, this being in a relationship and being healthy in a relationship means delivering. Thank you for asking about that. And thank you, Alan, for those kind words. Sure.
0: And uh, before we uh, let Alan go, and by the way, I'm uh, just so stoked for you that you get to have this tennis event today because you strike me as the type who doesn't have a lot of me time. So. Happy for you.
2: It's 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 a very important day in the, in the world of tennis because Rafael Nadal, who's just a phenomenal player, currently holds 20 Grand Slam titles. With Roger Federer, he's equal to Roger Federer and to Novak Djokovic, and um, and he is playing for his 21st title today. Oh, wow! And if he does this, I mean. First of all, nobody thought they would surpass Pete Sampras. I forget what Pete has—14 or 16. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's 14. And nobody thought anybody'd ever get that many. It was like that seemed the away. Now we're mm-hmm. up in the 20s, and Nadal is is a class act. He's a humble guy. He he just he's he's I you know I'm pulling for him today um medvedev's a great guy too man he's really bringing a different brand of tennis into the world you know it's an exciting era in tennis but it'll be a great
0: match i know that it'll be an epic match today great awesome Enjoy. and then uh, next week we'll be airing um tom's chat with jefferson ross he's got a he provides the music for our show and um you're gonna to get to meet him and it's uh, cool Did
1: you like you liked him didn't you, Did you oh yeah finish? he's
0: awesome yeah and i can't wait to listen to the whole album too i hit him up and uh i'm gonna yeah. get a cd uh, at some point yeah um and then uh after that um i suppose we'll be diving into the final chapter of alan's book about paddling yep. your own canoe so i'm very excited to get into that with you guys sounds good all right you
3: guys we'll see you next right. week tend your life tend your myth Cultivate your narrative with whomever you're with. Then with glass in hand and children on one knee. Bring some stories. Bring your stories back to me. It ain't a crime to be a human. Never be ashamed to be yourself. Rest assured that whatever you're doing. Entertain me like nobody else. So here's to us, my old friends, until it's time to drink the wine and break the bread again. With glass in hand and children on one knee, bring some stories, bring your stories back to me.